Yo guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the CW Clinic. My name is Chris, and if this is your first time listening, this is a show to teach you how to kick the fucking shit out of your life and make it applicable to you to win on a daily basis. I am joined, as always, with my very handsome co-host, Steve, a.k.a. Shaft, a.k.a. Man of Many Names. Chris, I was not super hyped, and then you just gave that intro. Are you feeling good? I Listen, I, I feel like my coach <laughs> just gave me the win one for the Gipper speech before running onto the field. Is that why you just touched my leg? I believe you just touched mine. Oh, that was me. Yeah. So you're feeling good. Uh, I, You know what? I am. I have a little bit of a physical ailment going on, but the headspace right now is in the right place. All right, right on. That's hey, listen. That's what we are bringing for the listeners. Yeah, the energy. I I, I think that uh, Sunday mornings doing this because I know we released this guy's beginning of the week, but we're doing this Sunday morning. It's like nine o'clock right now, and there's nothing better to hype up a Saturday. I mean, on a Saturday. What day is this? Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Jeez, showing you how early it is, guys. Um. There's nothing better to hype up a Sunday when I'm not really looking forward to starting a grind of a work week than to do this and get hyped up. It's great, man. I've been enjoying this. I actually called Steve late last night, probably around 10, 10.30, when he answered the phone, and I'm pretty sure you were dozing off at that point. Oh, yeah. I was in bed. And I was like, dude, uh, I had some shit dropped in my lap for tomorrow. And I really need to uh, bump this uh, recording up to like 8, 8.30 in the morning. We usually do 10 a.m., which works great for us. But long story short, it is earlier. And Steve was a little... Uh, is that your first or second cup of coffee? I hope it's my second. It's your second? <laughs> I yeah. hope so. I'm on my second as well. It usually takes me two cups to get out of the, out of the house. But uh, we're, we're getting it going. We're feeling pretty good. I know you hurt yourself last week. And uh, you know you have your action plan to get better, which is to virtually just you know get back into your groove, right? He's trying to politely say I'm fat right now. <laughs> I need to not be fat. Uh, I, you know, it's something, something that uh, is going to be... Very relevant to today's conversation is uh, I've had a lot of work thrown at me and trying to uh, remain motivated to also take care of self-care while working my ass off um, is uh, it's been a challenge. But I have to say these Sundays, dude, I I would love to see where I would have actually I would not have loved to see. I like to try to imagine where I would have been at the start of this year. If I didn't have this Sunday pick me up every day or every week, you think it's helping? Oh, absolutely! Like you know, we we have this conversation for the folks that are listening to us right now. Yeah. But by osmosis, like it's going in whether I want to or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, we're putting good shit into your minds, and the interesting thing is, it's helping you, right? Yeah. It's also helping me. You know, this stuff that I speak about, it comes from the heart, and it's good for me to hear my own stuff. 
you know, for instance, social media. If you guys follow me on social media, specifically Instagram, I write little 300 page, page excuse me, 300 word um, articles, if you will, on topics. Last week, uh, two topics I wrote about was networking and multitasking. It, just like this podcast, these are examples of things that can help me. Mm-hmm. You know, this comes from the heart. This is for the listeners and all, but at the same time, it's helping you as a co-host and it's helping me as the dude articulating everything. It, it's it's good for everyone. And my Sundays are great. I love starting my Sundays off on a good on a good note, on a good foot. And I just put a picture up of us on Instagram on our story. We're trapping at 9 a.m. in the morning on mm. Sunday to get this going. So I'm I'm happy it's helping you. We we had to take that picture twice. I was not I was not happy with the first one. I am not the best. I am not the best photographer. Steve just got beat up by his closet door. <laughs> we guys were in we're in a very small room. I'd say this is it's uh, eight by ten. Eight by ten, and um, like literally, we have to sit so close to each other. My legs are spread and. Uh, Steve's knee is in between my legs because we only have one microphone and we're kind of on top of each other and the closet door just beat Steve up. There's so many ways we could take that right now. <laughs> but instead, instead, why don't we talk about uh, why don't we, why don't we talk about what we're here to talk about? Today? Yeah. What's the conversation for today, Chris? What's our topic? We're going to talk about fucking work ethic, all right? You know, when we were going back and forth about the topic for this week, yeah, you guys, we're going to get into all sorts of shit, but you know, we're going to talk about fundamentals to begin with. And I really think work ethic is mm-hmm. is something that um is it vitally important in everybody's life or could be vitally important in everybody's life if work ethic is not established. Right. It's one of those things that's just important to have as it is uh impactful if you don't have it. Right. So you know, everybody's got their own take on it, and everybody develops it in their own way. Um, so, I guess the best place to start here is, like, how did you begin to develop your work ethic? You know, it's funny. We were talking about this subject prior, and it, there's a piece of my life that I, f- I kind of forgot that work ethic was implemented well before the military. Mm. I originally told Steve, I said, hey, listen, my work ethic was developed in the military, which for the most part it was. Something that I forgot about though was, and what a lot of people don't know about me is when I was growing up, my father was diagnosed with cancer in the early 90s. Uh, In the early 90s, I'm not exactly sure how old I was, you know, when he was diagnosed, you know, probably six or seven. So we're talking you know, 91, 92. Um, and he was really sick. And I don't know if you remember my house growing up, but we had a wood-burning stove mm-hmm. and we, we had about an acre of land. So when it came to anything that was physical labor, shoveling snow, cutting the grass, chopping wood for the stove, splitting wood, stacking the wood, keeping the fire going. Uh, and then on top of that, we were broke because my dad lost his job, so we didn't have wood delivered to the house. We would go to my dad's friend's properties. He was basically a developer for houses. We would clear the fucking woods. We would clear the actual properties of the trees, cut the trees down. You know, he'd run the saw, but 
then I would pick up the wood. I would either cut the wood, put the wood in the truck. Then we'd get to the house, unload the wood, split the wood, stack the wood, keep the fire going all winter long. When the grass was, you know, too long, Chris was out there pushing the mower. When the snow was coming down, this is before, you know, fucking snowblowers and shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe maybe not before, but maybe we just didn't know about Well, it. my family didn't yeah, have my, it. <laughs> you know, but um, long story short, I, I would shovel my driveway. I think actually a piece of my work ethic was developed from, you know, having to cover down for my father not being able to um, do the manual labor for the most part. You know, so there's there's a, a type of learning um, called inherent learning or uh, illicit learning, mm. where you're learning without realizing you're learning, so which like, might be like why, indirectly. Yeah, which might be why you didn't think about that when we were talking about this out yep. in the living room. Yep. Because uh, we forget about the, these important, they're important life events and they're important life skills that we learn, but it was so natural and so a part of who we were that it doesn't seem like a special task or like you did something to earn those skills. They right. just happen. Right. But, you know, I would say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, so maybe that's where you began learning it, yeah. right? Yeah. But maybe the the concepts matured and con- it became concrete with your time with the military. As an adult. Right. Yeah, so you went from, you know, child to adult, uh, six or seven years old to 19 to 20 years old. You know, I was 19 years old when I went to boot camp, and I believe the work ethic started getting like institutionalized there at boot camp, which I went to Fort Benning, uh, which is in Georgia, which is the home of the infantry, where anyone who is a grunt or in the infantry only goes to Fort Benning. But anyways, and the point is, I didn't have an option when I got into the military if it came to if I'm going to work or not. It did not matter if you were sick. It did not matter if you were hurt. It did not matter if you didn't feel good. It didn't matter. It did not fucking matter. If work was there to be done, which there was always work to be done, it had to get done. Now, outside of your leg is broken, or in my case, you get wounded in combat, or serious events, you know, maybe some domestic stuff or um, personal, serious personal matters like divorces or family members dying or so on and so forth. But 14, 16, 18, 20 hour days, sometimes days at a time, it was work. And I'm referencing in combat as well here, people, uh, not just in the army. So to kind of just break it apart a little bit, in the army for me, I was stationed at Fort Campbell in Kentucky, the home of the 101st Airborne, which I did spend years there, but I also did spend years in war. Now in war, the amount of work that needed to be done was far greater and there was zero option because if you didn't do the work, you're letting your buddies down and if you let your buddies down, there's a chance they get fucking killed, right? Now, I know that sounds heavy because it is, but at that point, we didn't look at it as work. We looked at it as, I want to get home alive. When you're in Fort Campbell in the States training to go to war, you have 10, 12, 14-hour days, 16-hour days, sometimes days on end when you're doing war games. You have no option, just like you have no option at war. But 
The point that I'm getting across is the work ethic was definitely developed in the military because I had no fucking choice. It was show up every motherfucking day, work all motherfucking day long. And especially when you're young in the military, Mm -hmm. you're at the bottom of the totem pole. You do all the bullshit. Go cut the grass. Here's scissors. You understand? Yeah. Well, I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Go seal that parking lot that's hundreds of feet wide by hundreds of feet long by yourself type stuff. But um, I think that is definitely where it began when it came to work. So now here I am sitting here and I've got, I've got tons of thoughts. I'm trying to think of what direction to go with here first, right? Mm. Because you make a, a, a choice like going into the military and it helps you develop this work ethic. And I'm trying to think of the, the critics or the cynics out there that might be like, well, motherfucker, that's good and it worked for you and you got this institutionalized yeah. in an institution. But I don't have anybody breathing down my neck to tell me what to do. Right. And here's where I'm going to step up and say something maybe controversial. That's fine. Yeah. But that's me. Um, I am from the South originally. And the amount of vets I know... Um, I would say goes to about the 20s or the 30s. So as a civvy or a civilian, I, I think that's a pretty high amount of vets to, to have in your life. Oh, absolutely. So um, I've seen folks come out of the military and do nothing with their lives Yeah. afterwards uh, that don't take that message and receive it and ingrain it of a hard work ethic. Or maybe there's other factors, but I, I know of a few that have done nothing since coming out. I know of a few that, like yourself... Uh, Shout out to uh, Cody. I don't know if you're listening. I got to put you on to this one. But I got my boy Cody, a.k.a. The Tooth from high school, uh, who came out of the military as much like yourself, continue kicking ass down in Tennessee. I believe it is right now. Uh, so how is it then that me, the listener, the person that's never been to the military, can develop and ingrain these skills like, maybe tell us a little bit, so you're out of the military now, and you don't have somebody saying, Chris, you have to get up, because if not, you're going to be doing extra duties or whatever, or Chris, get up, or I'll shoot you in the face, as mm-hmm. is the case of being at war. Right. So now you're out of the military, how do you how do you carry those skills on and continue to develop them without the institution of the military? So you're saying someone who's not been in the military but wants to develop work ethic? Yeah. I mean, if you could also tie in your post-military experience to kind of... Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that's a good question. and I don't think it's controversial, controversial at all. But, you know, realistically speaking, I think you'd have to find a common ground. Uh, and, I, and we have a lot of fitness listeners on this, mm-hmm. on this um, show. So I think I'm, I'm going to use that as an example but realistically, it all comes down to work ethic all comes down to your goal or how bad you want it. So, for instance, how many years of school did you go through? Seven? Uh, it took me seven, but I have six years worth of degrees. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's no shame on that one. Okay. <laughs> Things come up. Uh your goal at that time was to finish grad school so you can become a teacher. My goal, truthfully, was to put a roof over my head and food on the table. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Better. Better. That's a better addition. So 
You had to, and if you haven't listened to, I believe it was the uh, second episode, uh, Steve talks about his, you know, being in school full-time, having having a full-time job, and having a full-time internship. Yeah. So, you know, probably close to about 100 hours a week of work. Uh, 109 hours. 109 hours a week. Not that I was counting at all. (laughs) You know, and, and what I'm getting at is, and I'm using Steve as an example, is... You have to identify what it is you want. I actually just had a phone conversation a couple of days ago with my buddy out in Colorado, and he's 22 years old, and he was asking me what he should be doing in life and how he should be going about, going about and getting it. So I literally had this exact same conversation with him, and first and foremost, you know, when it comes to business, it's what is your passion and what do you want to do? And what is your goal? You know, in his case, he's a bartender. He's getting to that point to where he's like, I don't want to be a bartender for the rest of my life. I want to own the bar and Mm -hmm. be the bartender. So establishing the goal, first and foremost, is the most important in my opinion. Now, these are long-term goals. These are are five-year goals, whatever, two-year goals, 10-year goals. And then you work backwards to get there. But the thing is... It, working backwards mean you set the goal, you backtrack to where you are, and then you attack that goal on a daily basis. But the work ethic gets kind of developed by, all right, this is what I fucking want. This is how I'm going to go get it. And especially for a guy like me who hasn't had a boss in almost 10 years, it's extremely difficult and you have to be self-motivated. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to fucking kid you. Ten years ago, even eight, seven years ago, I wasn't as motivated as I am now. But relating back to the listener and what you're talking about is to to find that work ethic, you have to have that drive inside you to accomplish something. Uh, You know, you go on the internet and you see dudes like Gary Vee and you see you see dudes that you know are always talking about hustle, 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 no sleep, no sleep, no sleep, no sleep. I don't agree with that. I do agree with working extremely hard, getting the work done, getting it all done, and making inches Mm -hmm. in progress on a daily basis. But it all starts with the goal, and then you have to find it within yourself to have a switch click in your mind that you have to work harder every single day. Granted, you're going to make mistakes. Granted, people are going to die in your life. Granted, you know, you're you know, your, your cat's going to run away. Granted, you know, the, the school is going to, is not going to be in session because of the tornado. Granted, there's going to be all these factors like we've talked about in life, but it has to be a burning desire within, within you, you know, for instance, and I want to use it, use a fitness mm-hmm. example. Okay. I think fitness is very relevant to work ethic and business. So, so if you, if you back up, Steve, when you met me in high school, what was my stature and build? Me right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. I preferred the word husky. Yeah, Chris was a husky boy. I prefer the word husky. I was uh, probably about 190 pounds. I'm six feet, 190 pounds, you know, chubby, uh, you know, had uh, love handles, if you will. 
Um, maybe a double chin. I don't remember. I did have luscious locks, though. I had you ve- did. You I had, had very hair. nice hair. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you guys know, but anyone who's a bald man like myself had luscious locks at one point. Um, they were so nice, my mom, Nancy, she would grab me by the hair and slap me across the face with wooden spoons when I was wrong. That, that's what she did, and that's probably why I have no hair. But the p- <laughs> And again, Nancy is a saint. But the point is, and what I'm getting at is, my, my goal, you know, one of the reasons why I went to the gym when I was in high school was to chase after women that I thought was attractive, and that's mm. where they happened to be. Well, at that point, I always had a vision in my mind, like, you know, 15, 16 years old, of being this, like, built, shredded, like, in-shape dude. And I shit you not. I drew pictures of what I thought I was going to look like. Now, I'm not an artist, but, you know, with some crayons, you know, I would draw on the six-pack. I'd draw on the biceps and the big legs and the big muscles. All right. Okay, so Steve's laughing at me. So if you fast forward, say, 15 to 17 years, I sit, or in this case, stand right now, exactly how I drew myself. Right, I'm about six feet tall, 210, 215 pounds. I walk around with a six-pack year-round. My quads are separated, meaning the front of my legs, you can see all the muscles year-round. I am lean. I live between 10 and 12% body fat. But the thing that I'm getting at is I had that goal mm-hmm. of looking like this, and I fucking worked to get to it, and it took years Years and years and years and years and years to get to that point. But the work ethic behind it was, I've been working out for 21 years, going to the gym every day, eating the food every day, rep after rep, meal after meal, set after set, you know, going to the gym when I didn't want to go to the gym, getting the exercise in, figuring out my schedule, making it work going to the gym, so on and so forth. And I think fitness is a perfect example for work ethic because if you want to look a certain way or feel a certain way or run a race in a certain amount of time or do the obstacle course and not fall on your face in front of the camera while you're on fire and like all that shit, you have to put in the work and you have to have the work ethic to keep going no matter how hard it is and your cat dies and a tornado comes and your you know your girlfriend breaks up with you or your husband cheats on you or whatever life throws at you you got to have that fucking work ethic and you got to keep going and it's relevant in business too now to relate it to the listener you have to find that goal you have to actually attack that goal on a daily basis and you have to think to yourself that Every day I'm getting better, and every day I could work fucking harder. So, <clears throat> here's the here's the part where you just dropped a bunch of knowledge, and you, you ask people to set a goal, to have the passion and desire to follow that goal, to push through the times where you don't want to be moving that inch towards that goal, to make sure that you're at least grabbing you're grabbing your inch every day. Yes. Uh, uh, you know in your head you know it's gonna come out wrong you still say it anyways and then you're not shocked by the results welcome to the cw clinic but here's here's where i'd like to see what i'd like to see you do down right so you just gave me 
all these great tidbits. Now show me examples of them. Like, for instance, you get out of the military. You've got this awesome work ethic ingrained in your brain. You had this goal. Um, it wasn't the only goal you had. No, not at all. Um, you also had the business goal, yep. right? Yep. So here I am. I'm out of the military. And uh, what, what's the what's how are we applying the work ethic right now? In, like take, in, in your in your personal journey, right? Step by step, can can you kind of take us to from the military to multiple business owner and dude sitting here doing this podcast right now? Yeah. So you know the the military institutionalized the work ethic like we were talking about, and then you know then the dream comes and you know. I I realized going through school and you know I had no major when I got out of the military but I realized that after taking a bunch of core courses and you know electives that there were three things that I really enjoyed history nutrition and exercise science and then I just really started to focus on I'm like wow all right I can I want to make this my life right and I started dreaming about working for myself. I didn't want to work for gyms. I didn't want to work for for personal training studios because I did. I worked for a personal training studio and I worked for a gym. And this is by no means me being cocky, but I knew I could run the gyms better than both of those people that I worked for. I even suggested to one of the gym owners in New Haven, I said, dude, listen, I'm in a business uh uh, curriculum right now, I can help you. And he's like, now I got this. We've been doing it for 30 years. Okay, cool. Anyways, point is, I just, you got to develop that dream. And when you're self-employed, you don't have a boss to direct you, right? You have to figure it the fuck out. And when I mean figure it the fuck out, you need to just wake up every day and try to get better. And try to work harder and try to make more progress and try to talk to more people and network with more people and make more sales and, you know, make your product better and solve more problems. And there's not like a clear cut path. You have to have it within you. There has to be like a fire burning within you and you have to constantly move forward or attempt to. If you lose sight of the goal, in this case, my startup business, right? My startup business, CW Fit, um, the nutritional company. If I didn't, if I lost sight of working for myself, I'd still be working for other gyms, probably being an excellent personal trainer that made decent money, right? But I wanted to do it myself. I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to be my own brand. And, you know, at that point, Instagram was just starting to come around and, you know, I was on YouTube and I was just trying to figure it the fuck out. But the point behind it is you have to set that goal. You have to have that fire inside you and you got to push forward every fucking day. I think, uh, you know, you just triggered a memory in myself. Um, There was a five year gap between when I graduated college and when I went back to grad school. I was living with my mom. I remember sitting there on my 25th birthday, 20 fucking five, living with mom. Mm. Now, for folks that don't know, uh, I lived on my own in high school. And actually, I would say regressed to move back in with mom. And uh, Your mom's a saint. She's an all right lady. 
You could tell her I said that too. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting there at 25, and I've got this college degree that it was in liberal studies. Oh yeah, that's a real specific one. Yeah, so you know I had a lot of career options with my liberal <laughs> studies uh, degree that took me five years to get. <laughs> um, and I'm sitting there one day. I was working with a great company. I was working with the Guilford Before and After School uh, program. And the boss over there, Roseanne, is still one of my favorite bosses of all times. Uh, really looked out for employees, took care of me, paid me well, gave me opportunities to move forward. Um, but it wasn't enough to live the life I wanted to live. Mm. And I remember sitting there at 25 going, I'm not going to be fucking 30. Mm-hmm. Sitting in the upstairs bedroom in my mother's house, wondering what I'm going to do in the next five years. Mm-hmm. And for some people, for Chris, you know, he, he mentions that burning passion, that burning desire. For me, it was more identifying what I didn't want to be. Because mm. I didn't know. I Still to this day, we have this conversation. Chris mm-hmm. is actually uh, my go-to person for bouncing ideas off uh, as far as what I want to do in life. You know, I've talked to him about uh, my ideas for managing properties. I've talked to him about my, my personal nerd stuff I do on the internet and how I want to grow that. Um, I didn't know all that back then. What I did know... Is why I didn't want to be a thirty-year-old in your mother's right. uh, room, like bedroom upstairs. So that's helped establish certain goals for me. Right. You need to get enough money to move out. Right. You need to find a place to move out, and you need to find a career that will give you the ability to get the hell out. Yeah. Because I was like probably many of our listeners. I know a few of the folks that I've turned on to our podcast are sitting there right now. $100,000 in student loan debt, paying, like myself, more in student loan debt yeah. than I... It costs me more in student loans, folks, than it does to run my entire fucking apartment. Yep. That's that's ridiculous. But we'll get onto that some other day. <laughs> so, for you, it was identify where you want to eventually get to in that backwards design. For me, the process was identify where I don't want to be, but then, same concept... Backwards designing, okay, step one, find the job. Step two, figure out, in my case, I need to go back to school right. for the job. Right. What you need to do to get the job. Step three, when you start to get those paychecks, mm-hmm. apply them to the things that are important to you to move forward. So to, to kind of take your concept and turn it from a... Because not everybody knows what they want to do. Right. You know, and I think if you guys go back and you, and you look at um, episodes one and two on perspective, if you haven't yet, I have a different way of looking at the world than Chris. I was the same age, yeah, that you were in your mom's bedroom as I was trying to figure out what the fuck I was going to do too. I just happened to be a freshman in college because I was in the military for five right. years. I'm not gonna lie, Chris coming home had a little bit of an impact. We had we had what probably like a good three year stint where we kind of like we were we were. We talked to each other, but yeah. it wasn't like reaching out no. and interacting. And a lot of that was kind of when we parted ways when he went to the military. Our lives kind of flip-flopped a little bit. There, yeah. Because uh, we, we were in freshman English. and Dude, remember this? My cumulative, Liberty. My cumulative GPA for my first semester of college in 2003 was a .73. Yes, Liberty, the lesbian, in freshman English. You and I were in it at Southern Connecticut State University, and she paired us up. Yep. We, we had a, uh, a greeting process where you had to say your name, 
and something about you that started with your name. And I'll never forget sitting in there with Chris and uh, things, long story short, we ended up becoming really good friends what after did I, that. What did I say? I don't even remember. Oh. I remember going Steve and surfing because I had just came back up from Florida. Right. And everybody looking at me like, where the fuck do you surf in the <laughs> Northeast? Um, but the point being is Chris and I, our lives kind of flip-flopped, yeah. right? He went from being the guy that couldn't do college to the next time I saw him, he was the guy that was kicking the shit out of life. Yeah. And I had to change my perspective from that being something that intimidated me. Mm-hmm. To being something that, well, this is one of your best friends. He's a resource. Mm-hmm. You could you could dive into that, right? So change that perspective. But also acknowledging that his perspective and mine are different. I knew what I didn't want to be. Chris knew what he wanted to be. I guess the point I'm trying to get at here, and I'm rambling a little bit about it, is that you have to identify your type of perspective on the world and then apply that to your goals. Yeah, and you know what? And I don't mean to cut you off. Actually, subconsciously, I knew what I didn't want either. You know, when I was talking about my father getting sick and everything, most people that most people that even know me in high school didn't know that my father was dying in high school. He was dying in high school. And, you know, he couldn't work and there was no money. There was a point where I was on the state. Oh, I've been there too. In Guilford. I've you know, been there too. A very affluent town where... You know, my mom is just making enough money to pay the mortgage and get by, but there was no money for food. I fucking knew I didn't want to be poor. Right. Did not ever want to be poor again. And I didn't even think of that until you just brought it up. You know, I, I think both of us, it, it's actually, we became friends in high school, guys. So I didn't know much about Chris's upbringing. He didn't know much about mine. I did this weird back and forth between the town that we met in and the town that my father's family's from in Florida. Uh, actually, last year was the first year that put it. So I've been in Connecticut mm. longer than Florida. Right. So up to then, it was literally a 50-50 split. Right, right. But I know what, what Chris is saying right now. What it's like to be in uh, upper middle class, mm-hmm. um, well-off suburban town, and to be the person that's struggling. Yeah. You know? Um, but that... It sounds like to you, and, and I could attest to the same. Maybe that was my goal. Huh? Right? Because huh? we get there now. I didn't want to be, maybe part of be a third. Guys, we're having uh, therapy sessions and life revelations right here live on the podcast. Here we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the idea of maybe I wanted to move out of my mom's house by 30 because I didn't want to be that poor person that I was trying to avoid being. Mm-hmm. And guys, there's no negative attachment, by the way, to anybody that is still struggling. No, I, we're trying to fucking help you. Right. We're trying to say, like, we've both been there. Um, we're at different places in our life. You know, Chris is in a business where the ceiling is wherever he chooses it to be. Right. Right. I mean, there's definitely a cap on where I could go. There's literally a final step. <laughs> well, there's a little bit of a glass ceiling. You know, I'm now at the point where I don't rush anywhere in life. I own multiple cars. I have properties. I own multiple businesses. I have over 50 employees. You know, all this money going in and out of the companies. I could fly wherever I want, whenever I want, however I want, whatever class I want. But it took me years to get to this to get point. There. It took me crying because... I would have to look at the lunch lady and be like, my name's Chris Warrens. Can I have my free lunch? So embarrassed. It took me fucking 
working as hard as I possibly could to get my startup business off the ground. It took me years to even get to the point to where I could pay all of my bills yeah. on one day from my startup business. That was an accomplishment all on its own. Man, am I going to make rent? Man, can I put food in the truck too? Oh shit, it's the 10th. Let me just pay all my bills. Right then, you know, you go and you look at my second company, the gym that I bought. It took me years from that point of paying all the bills, you know, 25, 26, 27 years old, whatever it is on the same day, to realizing, man, I want my own fucking gym. Right. And then I stack my chips and stack and stack and stack and stack and stack. And then I go and buy the second company. Right. And that comes from the work ethic of not stopping, Mm -hmm. did not stop. Did not stop every fucking day. Now, I had a conversation last night real quick, and this is not going to digress. I was speaking to an attorney, all right? He's retiring, very successful, 40 years in the industry, very wealthy, very successful. We were talking about time off because I was at a party for a four-year-old and a six-year-old. I think he's a distant cousin of mine or something. And I took three phone calls. And he looked at me. He's like, what do you do? And I told him. And he goes, you don't, he said, you don't have any time for yourself, huh? And I go, no, I do, I do. And I looked at him and I said, money never fucking sleeps. And he's like, I respect that. And we start talking about time off. And I looked at him and I go, dude, I can count on one hand, one hand, how many days off I've had this year. This year, not this month, not this quarter, this fucking year. And two of those days were my birthday. You see what I'm saying? But the point is, that's work ethic. Now, I'm not complaining. I love what I do. If one of my customers calls me and I'm at a birthday party, you're damn right I'm going to pick up the phone. You want to know why? Because I take care of my customers. If one of my employees calls me because there's a fucking problem and one of those phone calls was my employee closing the gym, he had a fucking problem, answer the phone, handle the fucking problem, hang up the phone, go back to the birthday party. But the thing is, just getting to that point Point to where I acquired the second business took so much work that I sacrificed so much, including the hair on my head. I have white in my beard now, right? White. I'm 33. I've sacrificed personal relationships with friends, with girlfriends, with people. I will kick you the fuck out of my life because you're negative and you're an anchor and you're dragging me down. Not maliciously, just all right, this person's no good for me, moving on. Um, But the point is, the work ethic, it just doesn't stop. Every single day, I work, 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 work. Granted, I love it. And I want to tell a quick story. Anyone that knows me knows I have a process of how I get through my day, right? There are five crucial tasks that I have to get done throughout the day, all right? That's not my appointments. My appointments are also (laughs) pretty extensive, but... If I get all of those five things done, I win the day. If I don't get those five things done, I lose the day. Now, for those of you that know me, no, I'm a fucking winner. Why? Because I tell myself I'm a winner. And if I lose the day, I get fucking pissed. So it was midweek. I want to say it was Wednesday or Thursday. I was running around all day. I had my first emails usually go out around 7 o'clock in the morning, depending on the day. So I was working from 7 a.m. I got back home and it was 10.30 at night, right? I had been out all day, 
I still had three things on that list to do. Send an email, make an Instagram post, and what was the third one? I don't remember what the a third, third thing. There was a third task. Done. Yeah, there was a third task. It was ten thirty at night. I was fucking exhausted. I still hadn't walked the dogs. I still hadn't fed the dogs. I still had to change over the laundry, guys. I live alone. I have to handle all my stuff at my house on my own. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, you know how it is. Um, I didn't finish work, quote unquote, until midnight. And guess what time my alarm goes off? Five. Five thirty. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to get as much sleep as I would have liked. But I knew that I will do anything on a daily basis to move forward. I'd rather fucking die than not move forward. And because I have so many people depending on me at this point, I know that if I was quote unquote lazy and just laid down, I would have lost a day and I would have felt worse. Could I have set my alarm later in the morning and gone in later? Sure. But I just got a new hire. I hadn't seen him. He'd been there three weeks. I really wanted to talk to him and see how he was doing. That's why I wanted to get in early the next day. And the whole thing that I'm getting at is if you have that burning desire to win every day and that burning desire to get to your goal every day and that burning desire to accomplish everything on a daily basis, that work ethic will just take over. And I'm not saying, hey, be like me, never take days off, okay? That's a situation that I'm in, all right? There are several um, jobs or careers that, you know, Friday at five o'clock, you're done until Sunday. And that's cool if that's what works for you. That don't work for me. I literally can't even sit down and watch a movie. My mind is always going on how to get better, how to move forward, how to take that next inch. I'm not saying what I do is what you should be doing. What I'm saying is my work ethic or the thought process on the work ethic to achieve your goal and have the work ethic get you there is what's most important. So there's a few points you made in there. I didn't want to interrupt you in the thoughts, but a few things I want to bring up now. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So... To a few of your points, first one being the amount of time you spend. I think that it's important to push out that this is your choice. Correct. Right? So, um, there's Chris could sit back right now, rest on his current success, and be happy with it. I could be comfortable for the rest of my life. The additional time he's putting in is for that moving forward process. I think that's important to push out. Absolutely. So, you know, if you want to be past where you are, above where you are, you have to go above and beyond, right? You need to do more. Just resting on what you have, collecting that paycheck, doing whatever your job title and description is, will keep you exactly where you are. Yep. But if you want more, you got to keep pushing. You always have to go above and beyond. And a testament to a point you made at the end about... um when you have that work ethic, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, after a while, it stops being so tiresome. It's still, you'll still be tired at the end of the day. But what I mean by this, guys, is I think back to the example Chris gave earlier. I was working 40 hours a week unpaid, driving an hour to school, going to class for five hours, doing this five days a week, working 20 hours over the weekend. And people used to ask me, how do you do it? And I kid you not, my response used to be, I just closed my fucking eyes. And I do it mm -hmm. because I knew that 
putting in that work would eventually get to the point where if I establish the correct systems and I establish the correct baseline, the work becomes less over time. Mm. And once you get to that point where the work is so ingrained that it feels less over time, Mm -hmm. it allows your mind time and space to focus on the next goal. Last thing I want to say here is Chris brought up um, a point of dropping anchors from your life. And I think that we should probably visit this as a topic in a show where we talk about... Yeah, kicking negativity the fuck out of your life. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, they're the one of the biggest... I'm telling you right now, there's no negative in my fucking life. And if I find out someone's negative, they're gone. Now, I don't beat them up or any of that bullshit. I'll stay, still say hello to them. They just don't get any of my time. And I don't listen to any of that negative diarrhea that comes out of their mouth. Right. Now, this is not, I can tell you, this is not a case of if you disagree with him. I'll tell Chris straight to his face my criticisms. But where do you know those criticisms are coming from? Love. I want him to improve. It's not negativity. Oh, what you're doing is could be approved. It's, dude, I want the best for you. Take this into account. Use it if you want to. Negativity like, uh, oh, did you see what the Kardashians did on TV? And then you're, and then I'm going to ridicule Trump. And then I'm going to say this and that. And all we're going to talk about is drama. And all we're going to do is criticize people. And all we're going to do is be negative. That type of shit. And I'm, by no means am I trying to get political. I'm just using it as an example mm-hmm. that well, that type of shit, if, if that's you, you're, you're not in my circle. Right. Like if I even hear a glimpse of that, like a slight little um, drama, criticism, negativity, I am not even in the fucking room. I am like, fuck that. I am I'm leaving. Out. Fuck that shit. Don't even I'm let out. it. I don't even let it in my mind. So yeah, we will talk about. It. That's a good should, topic. We That's a good topic. That, and that gets me to where I am. Trust me. Yeah, I will say as we just said, part of what's really helped me in transitioning to this new overwhelming job was having these positive conversations on Sundays. Putting positive people in your life will will get you positive results. Putting good into your mind. So we'll definitely have to spend time, guys. Uh, Maybe next week, maybe the week after. Who knows? You'll have to tune in to check out. Uh, Chris, we got we got some exciting news, don't we? I, Steve, I'm I want listen, can I announce it? Yeah. Alright, I'm really fucking excited, guys. Now, first things first, this news that I'm about to say has absolutely nothing to do with me, okay? I well, meaning I did nothing to get to this point. Oh well, actually, that's a fucking lie. I mean, I it is quote unquote our podcast thus i'm a part of it but one of the first things i told steve was i was like listen motherfucker i want to be on itunes and i want to be on spotify okay because i want to be on fucking alexa side note we have been um asked our podcast has been asked to alexa to be brought up and it's not up yet like alexa alexa couldn't find our podcast but now that we have been approved for Spotify, guys, this is big for us. We are now on Spotify, and we're going to drop this episode from Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're on a bunch of other shit. We're going to be on iTunes. We're going to have some music going for you. We are on Spotify. Steve, that is 100% direct reflection of your work on the back end as the producer, a very handsome producer, getting shit done. Thank you very much. Uh, 
My pleasure. Also, <laughs> shout out Donnie for helping me get there. <laughs> I know you're listening right now, dude. Donnie! Um, thank you for the feedback, Donnie, and thank you for uh, helping out as well. Uh, and before we go, uh, I again, we just want to say thank you for listening to us. Thank you for taking the time to pay attention to what we have to say. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for all the love. Steve, I know you don't see the abundance of texts and DMs that I get in regards to the show. We do get a lot. I send you the highlight reel of the really good ones. Thank you for all the feedback, guys. We really do appreciate it. And apply it. And apply it, yes. And it's being applied, exactly. Good point. Now, I know we're we're small and we're just starting, but we're gaining momentum and we thank you guys because it could not happen without you. And, you know, that being said, Steve, how did I find you on your nerd stuff? Yeah, if you're into nerd and technology stuff, uh, you can catch me at twitch.tv slash ESAD notes. Chris. I'm not listening to the podcast, but I want to see your beautiful face. Oh, well, you can pull me aside in person or follow me on Instagram at ChrisWarns1. You can find me on Facebook, Christopher Warns. Guys, listen, hit me up. I'll direct you to whatever landing page you need to go. And But before we go, I just want to say kick the shit out of your life. You are in control of your life. You always will be in control of your life. Take the lessons that we are teaching you. Apply them on a daily basis. And I guarantee you within a year, you will level the fuck up. Go kick ass. Open up your mind. Find that spark inside. Speak my mind.